We're in a series entitled, What's the Word? What's the Word? What's the Word? Well, one could say, what up? One could say, word. But uh, we, we kind of made it um, where it is a grammatically correct sentence. What's the word? And uh, what we're doing here in this particular series is that we are using one word, one word that God has impressed upon our hearts to speak and to, to share uh, because uh, we believe God wants to do something to you. We believe that God wants to do something through you and God wants to do something for you to take you out of what you have been into so that God can take you into. And uh, so today we're going to talk about cycles, cycles. Would you say that word with me, cycles? And um, if you study the Word of God, one thing that we recognize is that throughout the world, the Word, and also throughout the Word, the world, that we'll see that there, things have a way of repeating themselves, repeating themselves. And we recognize that because uh, we can look around and uh, throughout the world, but then also in our own individual families, and we can see cycles of hope. We can see cycles of disappointment. We can see cycles that occur of depression, that we can see cycles of, 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 of poverty. Uh, we can see even cycles of, of unhealthy relationships where one makes a decision that, you know what, I'm going to find me. I'm not going to have the same man that I just got rid of. And that next man is the same man, same woman. And what we recognize is that there are cycles that occur in our lives. And many times we may wonder why so smart people don't always make smart decisions. And why we're often drawn to some, the same kind of relationships that we said that we would actually uh, not be a part of. Or why we are chronically late when we have to go someplace or when we have to do something. That's a cycle. There's, there's another cycle. And we just kind of brush it off and say, well, you know, it's, it's just a different kind of time than, than Central East. There's a different time zone than Central time, than Eastern time, than Pacific time, than Mountain time. So we kind of give it a new name and just say it's CP time. And so we wonder in these cycles, why is it that there are cycles and they keep repeating themselves and um, I know it's, uh, it's hard to admit, but this is very critical, cr critical that we are all unconsciously fighting against the very changes that we want to make in our lives. So cycles are repeated uh, even when it's a strong desire, we have a strong desire to change. And, and it's very dangerous to, comp uh, to, to uh, continue with cycles uh, in our lives and from generation to generation. It's very dangerous um, that those cycles continue, that those cycles are not uh, the purpose and the plan of God for our lives. In Exodus chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 6. Exodus chapter 1, verse 6. And champions, I want you to read that with me like you know it is the word of his power. Exodus chapter 1, verse 6. Let's read that together like we know it is the word of his power. Now, in time, Joseph and all of his brothers died ending that entire so what this tells us is that an entire generation has died and an entire generation has passed away but the entire generation uh, passed away but what they had done while they were living did not it continued to live on and the, the next verse in verse 7 
it says these words. Let's read it together now. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. So there is a generation of Joseph that has passed away. The people have passed away, but what they did, what they said, did not pass away. It continued to live on. Now, verse 8, let's read it together. Now, eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. So now the generation has passed away. There is no testimony of God. There is no declaration of God. There is no evidence from this new king that God ever existed. And as a result of that, the Bible tells us that there was a cycle in the generation that passed away in Joseph. And they kept their testimony to themselves. They kept what God had done to themselves. And as a result of it, their children and their grandchildren grew, but they did not know the Lord. And so what we have now is we have a generation that, that, that is born that does not know God or does not know what God has done for his people. And interestingly is that that generation just continued to go in a cycle. And the amazing thing about cycles is that when you, you'll find yourself that when we repeat cycles, that the things repeat themselves but on a higher level. And they have a greater level until something comes on it to change the direction. So in a cycle, those things are repeating and repeating and repeating until there is a force that comes on it to change the cycle. But that did not happen in the generation of the children and the grandchildren. Check out in Judges, essentially what the Word of God says. Let's read it together. Now, in those days, there was no, there was no what? So there was no authority. There was no authority. There was a king who did not know God, but then there was no king. So because there is not a standard of the word of God in the land, nor a standard in the society, let's start from the top and let's read it together now. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his, oh my God. Can you imagine what the world would be like if everybody did what was right in their own eyes? Can you imagine that? Can you see the danger of cycles uh, uh, where uh, if, if, if it's not addressed, if there's not a force that's put on the cycle, then things get greater and greater and greater. The influence becomes greater. But you know what? Chaos develops because, see, uh, nothing left to itself will come into order. It, 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 when, when the mama and the daddy leaves the house, believe me, the children are not just going to be in order for 10 hours. If you leave a garden to itself and do not tend it, it is not going to move toward beauty. It's going to move toward chaos. And chaos exists unless there is a force that's placed on the chaos to bring it into order. And the Bible says that there was no authority. There was no authority and there was no word of God in this land. And everybody did what was right in their own. I said, I want to just bring it down to you to what it could be like today. 
that what if everybody did what was right? And, and, and let's see what that, so your, 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 your daughter, your wife, your children can just walk out of the store and then a man could just do whatever he wanted to them. Can you imagine what society would be like? Uh, what about this? Is that someone made you upset and as a result of that, you just went down the freeway. You know you can't drive that well anyway. But you just went down the freeway and you just start taking it out on people. And you, there were no consequences. Why? It's because everybody did what was right in their own eyesight because where, there was no authority in the land. And when you, when you see that, it brings that. What we see here is that there are cycles. And generally we talk about cycles of poverty. We talk, we talk about cycles where... Uh, young, uh, young uh, uh, people, uh, teenagers, um, and, 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 and that just per per perpetuates throughout the entire family and throughout the generations. We can see that there are drugs. And you know what? I, I heard this once is that what you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. So there is, a, there is something that God has given to you that he wants to be passed on to the next generation. If, if it's not passed, then what happens is that there will be a generation that will grow in the area where you are and everyone will do what's right in their own eyesight. Now, let's take a look at this this morning. One of the things that happens is that it begins with the person. A person began to do what is right and then that, that, that moves on to uh, a family. Then it moves to a nation, and then it ultimately moves to a generation after generation. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. All of us know somebody who are separated from us by time and place. And they may be a family member, but what you find out is that they're dealing in the same cycle that you are in. When you begin to look at it and begin to study and begin to look at your family. And those things have to be, there's a force that has to be placed on them so that the next generation is better than the previous generation. Because see, all we live in a society right now where we value information over wisdom. And so now children know more and more and more, and the more they know, the more antiquated they believe that their parents are. And as a result of that, the wisdom, see, the dangerous thing is to have information without wisdom. Hmm. And I know what I'm talking See, when, it, when you're 16, you know everything about everything until you grow up and have a 16-year-old. So, so we see this then, and we recognize that if something left to itself, it gets worse. It, does, it goes to chaos. It does not come to order. Cain and Abel, violence. Um, it did not uh, get addressed in, in the generation, and so it got worse. We can even look in the book of Genesis and we find that in the book of Genesis, the serpent, the, the, uh, Satan was a serpent. But when we get to the book of Revelation, he's a dragon. And why is he gone from a serpent to a dragon? It's because generation after generation, they've been feeding him. And if Adam and Eve would have dealt with the serpent, we wouldn't have had to deal with a dragon. So we see here that they go, generations go. Mm, my God, generations go. So that's why, mm, that's why it's so critical then that we recognize that there's a generation after the generation that will feed whatever it is that you deliver to them. Let's take a look at this and uh, 
in the book of Psalm 115 because we want to uh, take a look at what God is saying about you, what God is saying about your, your children, what God is saying about your children's children. Because it says that in, in Proverbs 13, a good man and a good woman, would you say that's me? Leave an inheritance to their, to their children's children. It's not just talking about money. It's talking about a spiritual inheritance as well. How many of you know that God doesn't have grandchildren? He only has sons and daughters. So uh, the Bible says a good man uh, and a good woman leaves an inheritance to their children's children. And so let's see what God is saying about you, what he's saying about me, what he's saying about our, the generations that are to come. Let's read it together now. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. Now stop right there. It's talking about the covenant. So it says that God will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless his covenant or his covenanted people. He will bless those that are his covenant people that worship him house of Aaron. Now, let's keep reading together. Now, he will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, who made heaven and earth. So what it does here is speaks a lot about blessing. And I want to make sure that we're on the same page this morning so we can take the same journey this morning. And so we need to look at what the word blessing means. What's the word blessing means? Now, in, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew, the word blessing in this particular passage of Scripture means barak. And it, and, and it refers to to be fully adored. It, God says that I will cause you to be fully adored. I will cause you to be barak, fully adored, that I will cause my covenant people to be fully adored. You know, when somebody fully adore you, they just adore you. So we've got to discover what this is, this word Hebrew, it means to be full, to be, in the Hebrew, blessed, it means to barak, it means to be fully adored, 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 you're fully adored. Now, Jesus gives us a deeper meaning of the word blessing. Uh, on his uh, Sermon on the Mount. Because uh, Jesus starts saying stuff like, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. He starts saying things like, blessed are those who persecuted for, the way, for my way of doing things. He will say, blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. And so Jesus was, was talking about blessing. And it's like, fully adorned but see that in the Hebrew that's what the word means to be fully adored but in the in the Greek it's a beautiful word because in the Greek the word blessing it means makarios and that word means mm, my God that word means uh, to be fully satisfied so what it's telling us here is that it gives us insight that regardless of your situation and regardless of your circumstances, God will cause you to be fully satisfied. And so what the blessing is, is the blessing is anything that God gives you that makes you fully satisfied in him. In him. Fully satisfied in him. 
That's what the blessing is. And I got to ask you a question this morning that have you ever seen anybody fully satisfied that's depressed? Have you ever seen anybody fully satisfied that is hopeless? Have you ever seen anybody fully satisfied that is discouraged? Have you ever seen anybody fully satisfied that is in poverty? Now, 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 I want to make sure we get this straight here, that he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, not the poor. See, because, because uh, 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 Jesus was telling us something very powerful, because in, in the Message Bible, and I love the way Eugene Peterson says it, see, in the Message Bible, it says, poor in spirit, and, and, it, and it describes it like this, when you come to the end of your rope, and you recognize that you need less of you and more of him. See, that's when you come to the place. And so when you're poor in spirit, you recognize, oh, my God, I, I, I need less of me, and I need more of him. And what happens? You become fully satisfied with what God is bringing into your life. And so the psalmist says, God is mindful of us. God is mindful of us. Would you say that with me? God is mindful of us. Say it one more time. God is mindful of us. God has his mind on you. That's what the psalmist is saying. God has his mind on you. And so let's keep reading in verse 14. It says, may the Lord. Oh, you got to read this too so you can receive it. Come on, let's read it together. Now, may the Lord give increase more and more you and you and your who who. You and your who? Now, now, for years, I've been saying, may the Lord increase you. I've been saying, may the Lord increase you. May the Lord. But, that, but that's not what it says. It says, may the Lord give you increase more and more and more and more. May the Lord give you increase more and more and more. And this is a beautiful picture because what it's telling you is that uh, give, uh, the, 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 the increase is not a thing, but it's, uh, it's a spirit. It is a spirit. And so what God is giving you, there is something on the inside of you that God is placing. And as he places this on the inside of you, that no matter where you are, no matter what you do, you can't help but increase. You can't help but expand. And, and so the Bible tells us that May the Lord give you increase. And, 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 and when we look at that, uh, it's not a condition, but it's, it's not something that just happens to you, but it's something that is in you. It's a spirit that you carry around. And see, that's what happened to Joseph. Remember that uh, Joseph had the spirit of increase. And Joseph was a man who had been deceived and had been made a slave, but he had a spirit of increase upon him. They made him a slave and they put him into his master's house, but he began to run the Potiphar's house. That's the spirit of increase. Uh, you lied, they lied on him and uh, they put him in jail. But then he runs the prison because he has a spirit of increase. Then the cupbearer forgets about him, leaves him in jail a couple of more years. But now God brings him out because he have what? A spirit of increase upon him. And he causes him to become the prime minister of Egypt. 
Look, people can deceive you. People can lie on you. But I want you to know that God has his mind on you. And nothing they can do to you that can cause you to have less if you've got the spirit of increase upon you. And so, and so, so, so it says that, <laughs> may the Lord give you increase more and more in your children. Then it says the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. Mm. The heavens are the Lord. I want you to see this. Remember how this whole blessing thing started off in the covenant? God, made a, God was always desiring to get heaven on earth. So he looked for a man. Adam messed it up, so he looked for Noah. Noah's family messed it up, so he looked for Abraham. But notice this, that God did not make a covenant no longer with the man. He made the covenant with himself. And then, and then he put the man in the middle of the covenant. So God's on both sides. And as a result of God uh, making the covenant with himself and man operating within the covenant, then God had him covered from all sides. And, and so what happens here now, Abraham is known as the, as the father of our faith. And this is what God told him. God said to Abraham, as he said to you, because you are an heir to the Abrahamic covenant. The Bible calls it an everlasting covenant. And so we are, uh, uh, we are descendants of that covenant. And what God told Abraham, he says, Abraham, I am going to bless you. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. The word curse means to disregard. And God says that Abraham, I'm going to disregard people that disregard you because of the blessing that's on your life. But I'm going to bless those who bless you. And if we see that, then we recognize God's got his mind on me and I don't have to take it up with other people who are disregarding me because I am an heir to the covenant of Abraham. And God says that if they disregard me, he's going to disregard them. If they bless me, he's going to bless them. What is that? If, if, if they adore me because I adore him. See, notice the covenant and how it's, it's passed from generation to generation. There was a generation in Joseph's day that did not adore God that they would even allow their children to see their adoration. And that cycle began to take place. But God says that, look, you don't have to worry about that because who blesses you? That, that I'm going to bless. If they adore you because you adore me, if they disregard you, I'll disregard them. Then he says these words. The Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. The heaven, even the heavens of the Lord. Mm. The heavens, even the heavens of the Lord. See, God always desired to have heaven on earth. And what he has done is that he said that in heaven, they always regard me. They always bless me. And the one who disregarded me, who disregarded my word, who did not honor me, the Bible says that he fell like lightning from heaven. It wasn't a slow drift in the clouds. No, he, poof, just like that. He fell. So now everybody is in, in heaven. They adore him. They bless him. They don't disregard what he says. But isn't it interesting? He says that the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord, but the earth he has given to the children of men. But notice what God has done. God has given you the opportunity to disregard his word. 
to disregard what he says. And, he, and so, so there, there comes a time when God wants to get something from heaven to you. And the angels can't help but obey. Heaven can't help but agree. But, but one of the reasons why it may not be manifested and you see it in your life is because you have disregarded. And as a result of that, it doesn't flow directly to you. And God says that, look, I've given you the opportunity to disregard my word. But if you bless, if you adore me, those that adore you because you adore me, I will adore them. But if they reject you because the blessing is upon your life, then I will disregard. God always wanted what was in heaven to be on earth. He always wanted what was in heaven to be on earth. And so what has to happen? Look, you don't have to get, get involved with people who want to go toe-to-toe with you and tell you a piece of their mind. One of the greatest challenges that happens when people want to tell you their mind, they've told you all of it and they have no mind. They've lost it. And so what you do is that, you know, when people are nasty to you, when people are driving by on the freeway, and you know that God has his mind on you, that you don't have to retaliate. What you do is say, oh, they just disregarded me. And I know that God has his mind on me, and they will be disregarded by him. Man, there's no vengeance. There's no retaliation. You don't have to go. Notice what happened. When that takes place in a relationship, that, that a husband and wife don't have to go toe-to-toe with each other. And what happens? See, the enemy knows. He says that where two or more agree, that that's where the power is. And so uh, the, the, the enemy knows that God has brought down power that's in heaven to earth if just a husband and a wife would agree. If a husband and a wife would agree, there's power. And the devil says, you know what, I'm going to get in the middle of that thing. When we look at this and we see cycles that take place in our lives, we recognize then that those cycles are transferred from generation to generation to generation. And God wants his presence, heaven, to be on earth. And he wants that heaven to be on earth forever and ever and ever and ever. The Bible says that it will cover the earth like the waters covers the sea. But first... It happens with the people who won't hold within themselves the adoration that they have for him. 